That'll be a big help. So that you may know is the name of our series, and it comes from a verse in 1 John, 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. Here's what John writes in 1 John 5, 13. He says, I have written these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life that you may know. John wrote to us so that we could know, so that we could have confidence in our faith, so that we could know who we believed in, so that we can know who we are in him. He wants us to know, to have confidence, to have certainty in our faith. And we've developed this out over the last several weeks. I think this is week seven of our First John series. If you haven't been here, you can uh, check those out through our church app, through our church YouTube, and uh, kind of get caught up on the series. But today we're going to uh, continue. We're going to be in 1 John chapter 2. We're going to read verses 18 through 29 and look at some things that, that John teaches us in these verses. Uh, but there's one verse right there in 1 John 2, 21 uh, that kind of gives us the idea of what John is trying to tell us. Over and over in his letter, John, he says, I've written these things so that, I've written these things so that. He, he tells us, I've written these things, and he gives us the why he wrote what he wrote. So 1 John 2, 21, he kind of tells us why he's written, but he kind of does it in a backwards way. He says, I have not written to you because you don't know the truth, but because you do know it. And because no lie comes from the truth. So sometimes John talks like Yoda when he's writing. It's a little cryptic and you have to decipher it. But he doesn't say, I I'm writing to you. He says, I didn't write to you because you didn't know the truth. But what we can understand is that he did write to us because we know the truth. John is writing to us again and, and he gives us the why um, in this statement. So here's our why for today. John is writing so that the truth will remain in us. John is writing so that the truth will remain in us. Let me show you one other verse in this passage and then we'll read the whole thing. 1 John 2, 24, verse 24 says this, what you have heard from the beginning is to remain in you. If what you have heard from the beginning remains in you, then you will remain in the Son and in the Father. John is writing so that the truth will remain in us and so that we will remain in the Son and in the Father. So I want to read this whole passage, and as I do, I want you to notice all the times the word remain is used, okay? Now, if you have a different translation of the Bible than I do. I, I read from the Christian Standard Bible, but if you have a King James or a New King James or an ESV or an NIV, whatever, whatever your translation you use, uh, the word might be different than remain. It might say abide. It might say continue. But this idea is, is this idea of abiding, remaining, continuing in God, in Jesus Christ and, and his truth remaining in us. So uh, let me read this passage, and why don't you stand up with me as I read it. If you don't have a Bible, a uh, physical copy, it'll be on the screen so you can follow along there. And if you're the kind of person who writes notes or underlines things in your Bible, you can underline all these times that the word remains or continue or abide is used. So here's what John says, starting in verse 18. Children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard, the Antichrist is coming. And even now, many Antichrists have come. But this we know, 
that it is the, by this we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. However, they went out so that it might be made clear that none of them belongs to us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar, if not the one that denies that Jesus is the Christ? This one is the Antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. He who confesses the Son has the Father as well. What you have heard from the beginning is to remain in you. If what you heard from the beginning remains in you, then you will remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he himself made to us, eternal life. I have written these things to you concerning those who are trying to deceive you. As for you, the anointing you received from him remains in you. And you don't need anyone to teach you. Instead, his anointing teaches you about all things and is true and is not a lie, just as it has taught you, remain in him. So now, little children, remain in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know this as well. Everyone who does what, he, everyone who does what is right has been born of him. Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is truth. And now, Lord, I pray that your truth would remain in us so that we remain in you. God, encourage us, remind us of the truth this morning. Challenge us where we need to be challenged. Encourage us where we need to be encouraged. But draw us to yourself through your Holy Spirit this morning, through the teaching of your word, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thanks. You can have a seat. So uh, John uses this word remain several times. And in verse 19, he talks about those who did not remain in the faith. In verse 24, he talks about two ideas, allowing the truth to remain in us so that we will remain in him. In verse 26, he, he talks about the anointing, that is talking about the anointing of the Holy Spirit of God, that that anointing of the Holy Spirit would remain in us, and that we will again remain in him. And finally, in verse 28, he, he just simply says, remain in him. So we're going to talk about this idea of remaining today. So here's our outline. Number one, if we want to remain in Christ, we must be aware of false teaching, those who did not remain in the faith. Number two, if we want to remain in Christ, the truth must remain in us. Number three, if we want to remain in Christ, the Holy Spirit must remain in us. So we're going to look at what John says about each of these Things today. So first, if we want to remain in Christ, we must beware of false teaching. So right out of the gate, John says, you know it's the last hour because the Antichrist has come. And some of you prophecy people are like, oh yeah, Antichrist, we're getting into it today. We're, we're not going that deep into it. Um, but John is really clear that it's getting close to the end. Now, now what are the 
last hour, what is the last hour or the last days or the end of days? All of these phrases are phrases that are used in Scripture. Jesus talks about it. Uh, Paul talks about it. John talks about it a lot. This idea of the last hour is simply the time period between Christ's resurrection from the dead and ascension into heaven and the return of Christ one day to judge the world. It's been 2,000 years since that time. And we're still waiting. And it's still the last days. And as John said 1,900 years ago, it's the last hour of the last days. Now, we don't know when Christ will come. In fact, Jesus said, I don't even know when I'm coming back. The Father hasn't revealed that to me yet. We don't know. When, when, when people tell you they know, you can know that they're weirdos and they don't know what they're talking about. In fact, my wife got an email this week from somebody um, who gave us the date. It's December 24th, if you want to know. That's when he's coming back. And they said, Google it. And, <laughs> you know. That's where you find all sorts of truth. Just put it in the Google machine, and then you know everything. Right? right. If people say they know, then, then we know that they don't know. And the truth is, we don't know the day or the hour. Jesus said when he returns, he'll come like a thief in the night. Right? No one will be expecting it. He also tells us that there are signs and there are seasons. There are things that point to the imminent return of Christ. Wars and rumors of wars, natural disasters on the earth. And John talks about the Antichrist, but also the spirit of the Antichrist. In other words, uh, there is a spirit in our culture. There is a way of thinking in our culture that is anti-Christ. Now, we hear the word Antichrist, and we think of like a horror movie, and you know, maybe you saw the omen or something, and you have this idea. But Antichrist, it doesn't have to be witchcraft or the occult, it's just anything that is opposite to the teaching of Jesus Christ. Anti means opposite, and Christ means Jesus Christ the Messiah. Antichrist is simply against the message of Jesus. And can we be honest that there is plenty in our world and culture right now that is against the teaching and the truth of Jesus Christ? In fact, there are things in our churches that are against the teaching of Jesus Christ. When you don't love your enemies, you are going against the teachings of Jesus Christ. When you don't forgive, you are going against the teachings of Jesus Christ. Our world and our culture are full of things that go against the teachings of Jesus Christ. That's what Antichrist means, and that's what the spirit of the Antichrist is. It exists in our culture all around us. Now, one day, there will be an individual who embodies all of this cultural um, teaching that, that goes against Christ. And he won't have horns and a pitchfork. He will, he will what he says will make a lot of sense to a lot of people. The book of Revelation says he will bring about world peace. That sounds pretty good. But his teachings will go against the authority of God's word, will go against the authority of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and it will lead many people astray. Now, John is saying if you want to remain in Christ, you need to beware that there is this spirit of the Antichrist out there. In other words, there, are, there is 
false teaching. There is false hope. There is false truth out there. It exists and you need to be aware because John says there were some who were in the church with us and they walked away. They left. John says the reason that they left is because they were never really a part of us. They might have looked like a Christian. They might have talked like a Christian. They might have worn Christian t-shirts and listened to Z88.3. But their heart had not been changed. They had not surrendered their life to Jesus Christ for salvation. They had not been adopted into the family of God. They had not become a new creation. They had not been born again. And John says there's a lot of people who, who might say the right things, they might do the right things, but at the end of the day, they will walk away and it will prove that they were never one of God's children. The reason they didn't remain is because, as we're going to see in a minute, God's truth and God's spirit did not remain in them. Now, there's, there, there are some obvious things in our world. There are some obvious teachings that, that go against God's word. There are some things that we clearly see and know are, are false and the truth is, church folks do a pretty good job of staying away from those things. But there are subtle things in our world and in our life and in our church. Subtle things that, that try to draw us away and distract us. We're going to see it when we get in 1 John chapter 3, that's next week. We're going to start to talk about the love of God. 1 John is the one who tells us God is love. Tells us there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. He's going to say, how great the love of God that the Father has lavished upon us that we would be called the children of God. And to be sure, God is love. We wouldn't know love without God demonstrating his love to us. We wouldn't know love unless God had loved us first but in our culture, people start to talk about God's love and they start to dismiss everything else. God is love. Don't judge me. God is love. God loves me just the way I am. He does. But he died on a cross to save you from just the way you are. <laughs> he loves you too much to let you stay that way. God is love. And, and we get caught up in this subtle teaching about the love of God and we begin to throw out the truth of God. And the spirit of God that dwells within the believer is saying, now wait a minute, that's not truth. That's not truth, as we're gonna see in a minute. The spirit will guide us into all truth. And it starts, it starts with truth. God is love, it's in the Bible. We love because he first loved us. It's true. But, but we allow these teachings to subtly come in and begin to chip away at the full counsel of God, the truth of God's word. John says in this passage, the one who is a liar is the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ. 
We also see this in our world. Everybody likes Jesus, right? There used to be a t-shirt that said, Jesus is my homeboy. Everybody likes Jesus. But when Jesus starts teaching things that they don't like, then they start to dismiss Jesus. And they say, well, the real Jesus didn't say that. That's just mean church folks that say that. The real Jesus didn't do that. In fact, the real Jesus, he wasn't God. He was just a teacher. He was a good guy. He was a wise man. You know, and and the religious powers that be, they oppressed him. And they put him on a cross because he was a revolutionary. No, they put him on a cross because that was God's plan for how he would deal with my sin and your sin. But in our world, we have a lot of people who want to talk about Jesus, but they don't want to talk about the Jesus of the Bible. They just want to talk about the Jesus on a t-shirt. And, and in churches, we might go, well, they're talking about Jesus. I mean, how bad can it be? They, they, said, they said Jesus loves me. That's true, right? How bad can it be? Well, it can be pretty bad. Because if they're not talking about the Jesus that Scripture teaches us about, the Jesus who will come back one day and judge the living and the dead, then that's not Jesus at all. So John says if we want to remain in Christ, we must beware of false teaching, and that false teaching is going to look pretty good. In Christian churches right now, all over America and all over the West, uh, there are deconversion stories. These are are people who who were in the church, they sang songs about Jesus, and now they've walked away from their faith because of their political stance or, or because of, you know, because they don't agree with what Scripture says about sexuality because they don't agree with what Scripture says about morality. People are walking away from faith in overwhelming numbers. There are churches um, called progressive Christian churches that dismiss most of the Bible. They say, well, I like this part, and I like this part, and I like this part, but I don't like this part or this part or this part, and so we're just going to stick with what we like, and we're going to throw away what we don't like. That's not Jesus. That's not truth. That's a (laughs) half-truth. That's an anti-Christ. So John says there are people who will leave. They will walk away from faith. They will walk away from the true Jesus because they never really understood who Jesus was. They never understood the truth and they never had the Holy Spirit who confirmed their salvation. And it will be subtle and it will feel good, but it will lead people to their doom. So John says, first, if we want to remain in Christ, we must beware of false teaching. That's why reading your Bible is so important. 
That's why studying God's word is so important. That's why being around sound teaching from God's word is so important. That's why we have preaching on Sunday morning from the Bible. That's why we have Bible study hour at 9 o'clock from God's word. That's why we have community groups where we get together and talk about God's word because we need a foundation of the word of God so that we don't go off the path for a lie. So, if we want to remain in Christ, we must beware false teaching. Here's one other thought about that. Um, John talks about the last days and the last hour. So here's one thing that Scripture teaches us as we think about the last days and the last hour. Matthew 24, Jesus is speaking to his disciples about the persecution that they would face in the last days. And then in verse 14, he says, this good news of the kingdom will be proclaimed in all the world as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. So as you think about the last days and the last hour and the false teaching that's out there, Jesus says, hey, it's, it's my will that the gospel the good news of the kingdom of God would go to every nation, every people group around the world. And I will not return until everyone has heard the good news of Jesus Christ. That's why we do missions. Because Jesus said, go into all the world. He said, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And in Matthew 24, he says, it's my desire that the good news, the gospel of the kingdom be proclaimed in all the world to all the nations, and then the end will come. So as we're heading into missions week, just a reminder, it's God's desire that all of the nations of the world would hear the good news of the gospel. So if you want to remain in Christ, we must beware of false teaching. Here's the second thing. If we want to remain in Christ, the truth must remain in us. The truth must remain in us. Again, verse 24, what you have heard from the beginning, that is the truth, is to remain in you. If what you heard from the beginning remains in you, then you will remain in the Son and in the Father. John went to great lengths to talk about the truth of who Jesus is, the Son of God. Jesus is God in human flesh. He was with God in the beginning. He is eternally co-equal with God. There are, there are other beliefs that teach that Jesus was a prophet or that Jesus was an angel or that Jesus was a man who had a divine spirit. Those are false teachings. Those are anti-Christ. Jesus was the Son of God. And if that truth remains in us, then we will remain in him. The best lies are always subtle. The devil is the father of lies. Corey talked a little bit about this last week. The, the world, the flesh, and the devil, and these ideas about, about, um, about sin and about temptation. And our enemy is, is feeding us lies Subtle lies to take us off track. 
Are there lies that you're believing? Are there lies that are pulling you away from the faith that first came into you? This idea of remaining in him depends on us remaining in truth. I love the way John words this because he says, if the truth remains in you, then you remain in him. It's this idea that, well, here's how Paul says it in Philippians 3.12. He says, not that I've already reached the goal or am already perfected, but I make every effort to take hold of it because I have also been taken hold of by Christ. It's this idea of, of the truth remaining in us so that we remain in him or we take hold of him as he's taking hold of us. He, he calls us to respond in faith while he is holding on to us and giving us the faith that we need to believe. If we want to remain in Christ, the truth must remain in us. The scripture teaches us that you can't confess Jesus as the son of God and, and deny the truth. And, and are there subtle ways that you are denying the truth in your life? Are there subtle ways that you are not allowing the truth of God's word to remain in you? Are there things that you are Allowing to creep in. If we want to remain in him, the truth must remain in us. Again, God's word. Jesus says to his disciples in, in the end of the gospel of John, he, he says, he's praying for them in John chapter 17, and he says, Father, sanctify them by the truth. That is, make them holy. That is, make them perfect. That is, make them right by the truth. And then he says, your word is truth. God's word is so important. If we want to remain in Christ, the truth must remain in us. Here's the last thing. If we want to remain in Christ, the Holy Spirit must remain in us. First John chapter 2, verse 27, it says, As for you, the anointing you received from him remains in you. And you don't need anyone to teach you. Instead, his anointing teaches you about all things and is true and is not a lie. Just as it has taught you, remain in him. This idea of anointing is, is the idea of the Holy Spirit. We've received an anointing of the Holy Spirit. When we come to faith in Jesus Christ, we are given the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus teaches us this in John chapter 16, verses 13 through 14. Again, the same guy that wrote 1 John is, is the same guy that wrote the Gospel of John. And so as he's writing this letter in 1 John, much later in his life, he's remembering back to what Jesus taught him. And he says... 1 John 16, 13, and 14, Jesus says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own, but he will speak whatever he hears, and he will also declare to you what is to come. He, the Spirit of truth, will glorify me, that is Jesus Christ, because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. 
When we come to faith in Christ, we are given the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives within us and guides us in to truth. And so John is teaching in, in 1 John chapter 2, verse 27, he says, this Holy Spirit, if the Holy Spirit remains in you, you will remain in the truth. But there's these two ideas, and, and, and they go together. And, I, and I'm closing with this. He says, the truth must remain in you, and the Spirit must remain in you. The truth and the Spirit, Spirit and truth. These two ideas go together throughout Scripture. In John chapter 4, Jesus was teaching this woman that uh, she's called the woman at the well or the Samaritan woman. And he tells her in, in John 4 verse 23, he says, An hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Yes, the Father wants such people to worship him. And there is in John's teaching this morning this idea of truth. The truth of God must remain in us. And the Spirit of God must remain in us. And those two things go together. The Spirit amplifies the truth in our lives. John says, I'm writing because I want you to remain in him. I want you to remain in the truth. And he warns us, there are many who walk away. They didn't remain in the truth because they were not really one of us. The truth was not in them. The spirit was not in them. But if the truth remains in you and the spirit remains in you, then you will remain in him. And this idea of spirit and truth is so important in our lives. Our faith is not just knowledge or information, right? Our, our faith is not just, I, I know a lot of stuff about the Bible. Our, our faith is not just based on, you know, knowing the genealogies and, and knowing the books of the Bible backward and forward. It's not about what we know. It's about this transformation that takes place in our life through the Spirit. The Spirit makes us alive. The Spirit gives us new life. The Spirit guides us into truth. The Spirit comforts us. The Spirit empowers us. So John's talking about this idea of remaining in the truth and in the Spirit. And here's what happens sometimes. There are these subtle teachings that veer us off course. And in this room, there's some truth people and there's some spirit people, right? There's some people in this room who they love the truth. And what the enemy wants to do is say, okay, you love the truth? Well, let me start filling you with all this information and all this stuff. And let me just, just go down this and study this and read this and learn this and da 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 And next thing you know, we forgot who truth is. Because we've been chasing information. We've been chasing knowledge. 
We've been trying to find the secrets of the universe through what we can know and understand and study. And we got off course. And we walk away because we found out at the end of the road, knowledge doesn't get us there. I've known many people in my life who have walked away from faith because they were chasing knowledge. And they got to the end of the rainbow and there was no pot of gold. Because it's more than what you know. We got some truth people in this room. And the false teaching that wants to derail us is going to look a lot like truth. And then we got some spirit people in this room. Oh, I don't need the Bible. I just need goosebumps. <laughs> I just need those gospel bumps. You just give me a good praise and worship song, and I'll clap and dance and sing and wave my hands, and that's all I need. That is not all you need, I promise. And there's some spirit people in this room, and they go, oh, yeah, those stuffy, those stuffy truth Christians. They just want to talk about doctrine and theology Nerds. I don't feel it when I hear about that stuff. And to be sure, there is a Holy Spirit who moves in our heart and moves us to tears, who calls us and draws us and woos us and reveals truth to us and, and convicts us of sin. And there are emotions that go with our faith. Our faith is a moving faith. But sometimes the spirit people, they, they start chasing feelings. And when the buzz wears off, they're like, well, I guess it wasn't real. Because I don't feel the way I felt before. The goal, John says, is that you remain in him. And there are people who are going to walk away. They will not remain in him because the truth does not remain in them and the spirit did not remain in them. And we need truth and we need spirit and those things go together. It's like fuel and fire. If you have a pile of wood but no flame, it's just a pile of wood. And if you have a flame with no wood or no fuel, it burns out really quick. But when you put them together, you got a big bonfire. And that fire grows and you keep adding the fuel of God's truth, of God's word, and the fire grows more and more and more. And we remain in him. Now, John is not saying Work really hard to remain in him. Work really hard to let his truth remain in you. Work really hard to let his spirit remain in you. No, 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 no. It's not about what we do. It's not about our works. But his spirit and his truth working in our lives is evidence that we are in him. And so this morning, I, here's, here's the question, and this is what we're going to close with. Is the truth of God remaining in you? Are you excited about God's truth? Do you want to know who God is more and more? Do you want to understand him better? 
is the Spirit of God remaining in you. Are you moved? Are you moved? Are you moved by God's love? Are you moved by God's presence? John is writing so that the truth would remain in us and that we would remain in the Son and in the Father. Stand up with me this morning. God, we love you. Thank you that you have given us truth that we can know for certain. And forgive us, Lord, for when we make the pursuit of knowledge more important than the pursuit of you. And Lord, we thank you for your Holy Spirit moving and working in our lives. Lord, I thank you for the, for the sense of your presence, for your closeness and nearness, for your visitation, for the emotions and, and feelings that go with that. It's undeniable. But Lord, forgive us for when we make the pursuit of those feelings more important than the pursuit of you. Lord, help us to remain in you and that your truth and your spirit would both remain in us and strengthen us and grow us and draw us to yourself. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. We're gonna have a time to respond and we're gonna, one thing remains, right? We're gonna sing about God's love that remains. And as we do, I want to invite you to respond. If you've never come to a place of faith in your life where you have called on Jesus Christ for salvation, I would love to talk to you about what that means today and how you can turn to Christ, how he can become your Savior. This morning, maybe, maybe you've been pursuing knowledge or maybe you've been pursuing feelings and, and you just want to say, God, help me to pursue you, to remain in you. Maybe there's a special need in your life. You just want to come pray and give it to God this morning. As we sing this song, however God is calling you, I invite you to respond.